Welcome everyone to the Football Observer. I'm your host, Ramin Nagy, and today, making his return to the show, Nima from Sempre Inter. Nima, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, very fine. So, uh, let's get into business here because we don't have a lot of time. Now, of course, big game that uh, took place this weekend, Milan-Roma, ended 2-1 after a late winner from Cotrone. Uh, what did you think of the game in general? I thought it was really interesting. Um, a couple of things were really interesting. Um, Number one, uh, seeing how um, Gattuso's Milan, this new Milan, um, picked, up, picked themselves up after that defeat against now uh, the week before uh, against Napoli after being two goals up. Um, that was really interesting to see how Milan reacted, and they reacted really, really well. Um, I would say that this, they, 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 this was the game under Gattuso, which I thought was the best game Milan have played um, under him. Um, then uh, I thought they, they kind of followed his game plan pretty well. They they expressed themselves. They weren't they were up against a, a really good team and they weren't afraid. They showed kind of almost a big club mentality, which I haven't seen uh, from uh, Milan in a couple of years now. Um, uh, and also the way they um, they turned the game around and the fact that Cutrone, who I believe a lot, I think I think has a big big future. I think he and Donnarumma should be the focal point of the project at Milan. Uh, for the for the years to come, it was it was it was really good for Milan to see that he scored the winner. Um, other than that, uh, Roma, you know, Roma are a good side. Uh, I just have questions about Di Francesco's uh, ability to to, uh, to to organize a defense, um, and those questions were those question marks were hardly were hardly erased after this game. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really good game. It was a really we could say our top game, um, and uh, thankfully we're only in the third third get match day of the season, so there's plenty of them to come. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it was an interesting game. Definitely, Milan dominated most of the game, especially the first half. They went up one 0 Kese scored, Fazio equalized, and then a 93rd minute winner by Cutrone. Milan well needed win and well deserved one as well. After, of course, after their call. Um, Damn near collapse in the last 40 minutes against Napoli at away. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be interesting for Roma. We'll get to the Champions League groups later, so we'll cover that later. But um, regarding Inter, now, the first two games, the first one, they lost it away with 1-0. The second one, it looked good for a while. They had 2-0, but then in the second half, almost everything flipped and then 2-2, but... This week, they did well. Can you tell us about the game they played and how really they won with 3-0? Well, they won because they continued to. They, they stay, I mean, if you if you compare these three games, I mean, the first game, first game of the season against the Sassuolo, who are who are really good. I mean, we, so we've seen that Sassuolo is one of the teams that started the season best of all. So it shows De Zerbi is a very good, accomplished manager. Not surprised, uh, you know. So so that was, uh, and also in, this is a ground and the team that Inter have struggled against um, in the past. I mean. Seven out of eight, seven of the last eight matches against Sassuolo, Inter have lost. Um, and if you look to last season, when Inter were doing pretty well uh, against Torino and Sassuolo, Inter managed a grand total of two out of twelve points uh, against these teams. So these are bogey teams. These are teams mm-hmm. that Inter struggle with. So there's nothing, nothing panicky about the results in and of themselves. If you look at the past and um, and, and tie that together now. However, what I found a bit alarming against uh, Torino was the fact that the team looked um, didn't look comfortable in, in, the, in the way they were playing they didn't look comfortable in their positions you saw the polar opposite 
bit of that against um, against Bologna, where you reverted back to a back four. You, you saw players that were comfortable in these positions. You have players who are playing in the correct positions. You know, it was, it was a little bit back to basics. I think Spalletti quite intelligently understood that now is not the time to make these changes. This is still a team that is in pro work in progress. The, 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 if he wants to re- play a back three, that's something he has to do later on in the season when this team is, is more comfortable, uh, all the new players are comfortable in their roles, um, and, and then you can, you can start experimenting. Right now, you need to keep back to basics. You have to keep it safe. Um, you have to make the players feel safe. You have to get them to work in a system they know how it works. And that's what we saw against Bologna. I mean, I thought the first half Inter dominated completely. Bologna defended really well, but Inter were in complete control. Um, failed to create those really, really good, you know, those, those really mm-hmm. those, um, glaring goal-scoring opportunities. But um, aside from that, Inter were in complete control. Um, then you have the second half when... When you have Nangolan, this is why he was signed. You know, this is, mm-hmm. you know, we inter need goals from midfield. And Nangolan provides you with goals from midfield. He has that quality. And he did just that. And after that, the game was blown wide open. Um, and without Icardi, who I think, think was really, really missed, uh, against Bologna. These are the kinds of games where he literally needs half a chance and he scores. Um, so you need someone like, um, you really need someone like uh, Nangolan to, to provide those goals. After that, then, then it was, it was, it was interrelaxed. They were able to, to play out, play, play the way they were, they know how, um, and ended up winning pretty clearly. Um, so no, it was, it was, it was a really important win. It was a must win. And it's, uh, it's against a team and in a ground that, has always that is difficult to play at. Last mm-hmm. season, into Drew there, one-one. Um, the season before that, they won thanks to a very late goal by Gabi Gol in the 90th minute. So it's it's, it's not it's not a ground where you where you come and just dominate mm-hmm. the way you know any way you like. Um, it is a difficult ground. It's a Bologna are a decent team, and they showed that um, against Inter. They're you know they they've lost their they've not had a great start to the season, but they're not. But they they are a good team and they will start winning. Um, they're a difficult team to face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they I think they may have maybe underestimated um, the or yeah underestimated the importance that Simone Verdi had. They mm-hmm. let him go. They let Emil Kraft. They loaned him out to Amiens in France. I think that was a mistake. He's a very good fullback. He, he was he was he did really well for Bologna last season as well. Um, so I think Bologna will struggle this season, but I, I think they'll stay up. Um, but um, I, I, they, are, they are a good team. They are a good team. They're a difficult team to break down. Inzaghi has built a team that's very defensively solid. So they will cause teams problems. So I think 3-0 was a, was a really, really good result. Yeah. And uh, could you tell us uh, um, the new signings of Inter that have come through the window, how have they looked so far? Um, Defray has been just as brilliant as you would have expected. Skriniar and Defray are—they mm-hmm. are. I mean, those two central defenders. I'm glad Inter have them under contract for five years because those two are—that is the best central defensive pairing of the world. The, you know, if not, they're not the best in the world right now, but they will be, and they will continue to be so for the next five, six years. Uh, it feels great to have a player like Miranda to fall back on um, with his experience and class. Um, so the central, you know, that, 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 Defray and Miranda, uh, sorry, Defray and, and Skriniar is, is, is a joy to watch. 
Then you have Nangolan. Nangolan obviously injured himself in, in the, um, in the preseason, hasn't really had a chance to train. Now he gets these two weeks to kind of recover and, and build up that, that basic strength that you, that most players build up during the, during the preseason. Um, and, and same thing, um, same with Lautaro Martinez. He, you know, making that jump from our, Argentina to, to the Serie A is, is a very difficult one. He's struggled a little bit. Uh, I think the, the train, the workload is different. Uh, same with Keita Valdea, who said himself that, you know, they train differently in France than they do in Italy. So, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's, he's, he's been trying to adapt back to the Italian system. Um, uh, so, uh, no, it's... Um, I mean, a lot of these new players, I mean, it's quite, not, not, not unsurprisingly, the players who were playing in the Serie A, who came to Inter, are doing really well, Politano, De Freyde, Nangola, mm-hmm. and the players that came from abroad are not doing as well, Bequita Baldea, La Torre Martinez. But it's just a matter of time. Um, it's just a matter of time. I think this is something that Inter will, you know, that this international break really came at a good time for Spalletti, where he can basically, you know, he's got a few minor injuries, he can evaluate them, he can give them personalised training um, uh, regimes to get them back. He can start working with the team. And thankfully, um, a lot of players um, don't have that many inter- players going to international duty. I think it's it's Brozovic, Perisic, Versalco, Vecino. But the the players that really need to train, uh, that really need to stay at home, like Nangolan, uh, like Gagliardini, players who, who, you know, they need to stay at the at Tapia Argentina and work uh, to, to catch up. Those aren't going anywhere, and that's really important. Neither is Icardi, um, because of his injury he, he sustained. Uh, and Mart- Lataro Martinez is going there, but I don't think he'll be playing. He's, he's got a minor injury. So uh, we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but, but I think this, this, this international break came at a really good time. Yeah. And, uh, well, uh, of course, one of the bigger takeaways from this weekend in Syria is that Napoli lost 3-0 at away at Sampdoria. A difficult game indeed. They lost 3-0. What did you think of that game? I was surprised that Napoli... I thought, I mean, in the first half, I thought Sampdoria were absolutely brilliant. Um, Gianmarco Giampaolo, when his football works, I mean, is such a joy to watch. But not only that, he's such a great coach. I mean, a player like Albin Ektol, who before played in the Serie A, played in uh, Cagliari and Siena, although he was signed by Juventus, never really got going there, uh, failed quite a bit in, in the Bundesliga with Hamburg during his seasons there, got relegated for the first time in their history. Then he comes to come to Sampdoria to replace Lucas Torreira, who was, was one of my favourite players and who was mm-hmm. brilliant last season at Sampdoria. And he just completely dominates the first 45 minutes in that midfield against the midfield that is one of the best in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so impressive to see. Um, and also, that's Giampaolo. That's Marco Giampaolo. Mm-hmm. And, and I tweeted out that if Ekdal continues to play like this for the season, then we've got, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the players of the season, no doubt about it. Um, and, and it's really imp- impressive to see. It's really, really, really impressive to see. Uh, but other than that, Santoria, when they play like that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Marco Giampaolo. Um, and, in his football, and, and I think he's he's been a bit unlucky to never really been given a chance at a big club. I personally would have seen Giampaolo play at uh, Roma. I'd like mm-hmm. to see him coach a team like Roma or maybe even Milan, although he's an Inter fan, uh, self-proclaimed one as well. Uh, yeah. Because I think he, because I think he's good enough. I really think he is good enough. Uh, his teams, he plays some amazing football. I'll be keen. I'll be interested to see how he does it, how he how he gets on. 
But um, yeah, having said that, um, yeah, no, Milan, uh, sorry, Sampdoria played really, really interesting. I think Napoli in the second half came back, made the right changes, uh, and started creating lots of chances. They just failed to put it in the back of the net. And then, then Fabio Quagliarella scored what can only be described as probably the goal of the season, something that you know you'd only ever see. I've only ever seen Slatan Ibrahimovic bend like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was just simply phenomenal. Um, it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful goal. Oh, uh, if not the goal of the season, then certainly one of the candidates to the goal of the season from a player who usually scores insane goals. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, Qualiarella, it was, it was a great match. It was a great, great, great team, fun match to see. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not so surprised. Napoli have struggled in these first two matches They against Milan and Lazio, but managed to turn both of them around and win. I think this was kind of a... The, 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 the gas ran out of the tank of going... You know, because they've had a really difficult start to the season. I mean, playing Milan, and Lazio, and Sampdoria, mm-hmm. two of which uh, are away are away matches. That's not easy. That's not easy for anyone. Um, I think the fact that they've got six six points is, is really really good. Um, so and I don't see this as a problem for Napoli uh, at all. I think they now they get the international break to work and kind of bring things together again. Yeah, and let's move into the Champions League group stage draw here. Of course, Inter got an extremely difficult group. Barcelona, Tottenham and PSV Eindhoven. How horrified were you when you saw the draw? Well, I mean, I was. it could have been worse. I mean, Napoli's group, in my opinion, is way, way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, Roma got a fairly simple group. Uh, Juve got a so-and-so group. But, but for Napoli and, and Inter, it was, it was nightmare groups. But then again... Inter could have expected that. Napoli were just unlucky because Napoli weren't in, were in the second draw, mm-hmm. in the second pot. Inter were in the fourth, uh, so it was it was almost certain that this was going to happen. Um, Barcelona, well, you know everybody knows their quality and who they are. The ironic thing being that Barcelona signed three players that Inter were you know connected to: Malcolm Vidal, um, yeah, and the Brazilian winger Malcolm and Arturo Vidal. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if those two players scored the goal. <laughs> scored the goals that beat Inter would be so typical of Inter. Given especially Arturo Vidal, given that Inter expressly decided against signing him, mm. um, uh, and went for Luka Modric and ended up with neither. So. That, that, but Tottenham, Tottenham away is a difficult game. Tottenham at home, I think Inter, Inter should mm-hmm. be good enough to. I think Spalletti is good enough to be able to outmaneuver Tottenham at home. Uh, PSV home and away, those are, those are six points. I think they want to have any chance of going through. Um, then you have Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona away, park the bus, 90 minutes, let <laughs> bore them out and try not to get destroyed. I mean, that's this is the first time that Inter won the Champions League in six, seven years and. You're playing against a team that during that period of time has won it a couple of times. So, you know, it's it's um, it's, it's it will be a very difficult test. I just hope that uh, if Inter can win the first game against Tottenham and then take the six points against PSV, one or two, one or one one or two draws more than that. That's eleven points. That's enough to see you through. I think Inter should be able to draw at Tottenham and try to take at least one point um, from Barcelona. Yeah, and I agree, I'd agree with you too. Uh, I can see Inter going through definitely. Roma should be a lock for second place. Juventus they got a fairly difficult group, but they should win it if we're going to be honest. Now Napoli, uh, how do you see their chances of advancing from I mean, that group? 
that anything can happen there, really. I mean, you've got Liverpool, the finalists. You have PSG, who have a plethora of talent. And then you've got Napoli. It's, it's, uh, um, anything can happen there. I mean, I feel, I feel, it's, it, it, I really, it's so hard to, to predict. But Ancelotti, this is where he needs to, you know, this is where he shines. I think mm-hmm. against a team like, I think against PSG, I think Ancelotti, having coached PSG, I think he knows them really well. He'll know their weaknesses. Um, uh, same thing with, um, uh, with, with Liverpool. He's played against them with Chelsea and, 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 and you know, he knows Klopp, uh, from when, when he was at Real Madrid. Um, no, I, I think, um, this, this is a, this is a completely open group. I think what, anything can really happen here. Uh, we might end up in a situation where you have, uh, all, <laughs> you have, Teams, uh, three teams with the same points, uh, and then goal difference going deciding because um, they they can all beat each other, they can all lose to each other. Uh, the, the fourth team in that group will just be completely destroyed unless we have a massive uh, surprise. Because I just don't see. I think the quality of Napoli, uh, Bologna, uh, Napoli, and uh, PSG and Liverpool is just too good. Um, but Napoli and, and but Ancelotti is, is, is a shrewd manager. He's a shrewd tactician. He's a Champions League winner. He, he's one of he's won it more times than three times with with two different clubs. He's been in one more, you know, four finals. He's, he, he knows this. He knows how to play these games. He knows how to how to maneuver and how to get the best out of his players for these games. Um, but obviously, it was a it was a nightmare draw for Napoli. I think they would have liked to. Have Gone in, into that group with Porto and mm-hmm. and because it would have been so much easier for them to kind of build into it, but now they're just thrown into it immediately. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention before I let you go? Um, it's uh, it's uh, no, not really. It's a great. I mean, the study hour before they start, due to all the star signings, uh, all the coaches coming, everything going on. I was really excited, and I'm. So far, it's just lovely to see how the expectations have been met. The Serie A has been truly the, the, mm-hmm. the league to watch so far. I think um, I've, I've watched all three of them, and I think the Serie A, without a doubt, has been mm-hmm. by far the most interesting, the most entertaining, and the highest quality. I personally think this will show itself in the European tournaments as well. I expect Milan, Lazio, and Atalanta to, to get to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. I expect... Uh, Roma and Juventus to go through, um, Napoli too, and hopefully Inter as well. So I think, you know, I think this will, this, this level of quality will have to present, manifest itself, uh, I hope, um, yeah. with all teams going through. Yeah, I agree with you there. Just one, uh, except for one thing, Atalanta actually went out in the qualifier. Oh, yeah, know, that's uh, true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot about Yeah, that. it's so shocking that, you uh, yeah, know, you'd expect it. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think they'll do well in Europe. Uh, can you tell us where we can find you on Twitter and Sempre Inter? Yes, uh, at Nimat, T-A-V-R-O-O-D, and at SempreInterCom on Twitter. Uh, we're actually, uh, we've, we've released, uh, we started something called Inter Talks, a YouTube, our, our, our YouTube to program uh, together with another uh, site. Uh, it's a collaboration between centerinter.com and uh, intermilandestoringclubs.com. Uh, uh, we do it twice a week where we've got some other collaborations coming up. So it's all exciting times. Uh, so, you know, we just, just check it out for all your interviews. All right. Thank you so much. And hopefully I'll see you in the future. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Thanks bye. 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 bye.